Welcome to the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. This is the place where we help young entrepreneurs and professionals to make, keep, and grow wealth that you can enjoy now and for years to come. I'm your host, Jack Gibson, a serial entrepreneur, founder of multiple seven and eight figure businesses and wealth building strategist. Each week, I'm going to share my tips, resources, and secrets to help you create a plan and build the life you've dreamed of. Buying a financial asset is commonly referred to as investing. This is not at all true. Just because you buy an asset doesn't automatically give you the title investor. There's a big difference between an investor, a speculator, and a gambler. When I learned how to be a real investor, the game completely changed for me. It brought clarity to my plan and long-term sustainable growth to my financial life. Being clear on which one you are in a given situation will guide you on how to grow wealth with certainty and not guesswork. So the big question is, are you an investor, a speculator, or a gambler? Or do you have a part of all three? Let's dive in and figure this out. All right. Welcome back to Indestructible Wealth. Yeah, a couple of days ago, my childhood best friend, we've been friends since we were like five. We met in nursery school and we started uh, our first acquaintance was we would meet up and butt heads and just stare at each other. We knew that we were fighting for the leadership of the class. And that's as a uh, five-year-old, that's how we intelligently and emotionally handled that rivalry. Really good friends. You know, we don't talk much on the phone. I don't know. Maybe that's a guy thing. Is that a guy thing? I think it's a guy thing. He called me. I couldn't send it to voicemail. It wasn't really a great time, but you know, like you can send them to voicemail, but you're like, oh man, he's calling me. He never calls me. It's got to be something, right? So I answer and so he's like, hey, bud, you know, how you doing? I'm like, yeah, 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 get to the point, right? Why did you call me? You never call me. So he's like, okay, so I'm coming to your mom's 50th and your mom and dad's 50th wedding anniversary in a couple of weeks. And he's coming in from Puerto Rico. And he's like, I'm bringing this girl that I've been dating for a year. And I'm like, well, did he say, did you know that I was dating a girl for a year? I'm like, well, he kind of mentioned it a little bit in one of the text chats we have with all the high school buddies, but he didn't really say anything other than that. So I have no idea and nothing about him. He said, well, yeah, he said, that's the problem. I need you to play along. I need you to act like I've been talking her up for the last year. So like, she feels like I'm into her. (laughs) Like, okay. All right, dude. All right. Tell me your name. What does she do? How many siblings? You know, give me all this stuff. Right. So uh, I agree. I'm going to play along. We're going to make her feel like he's been talking about her for every day for the last year. Right. (laughs) Well, I won't probably go that far. So then he goes, Hey, and uh, what about Ethereum? You know, you told me to buy it back uh, when it was a thousand. I wanted to get your take on it because I don't like what's happened lately. I'm like, dude, okay. It's tripled almost tripled, even with the correction and the dip compared to where I told you to buy in. You just need to calm the fuck down, right? And then I was like, look, it's not going to go up and up and up. Volatility is the price that you have to pay for outsized gains. So you want it to go up super fast, but you don't ever want it to like drop. And you just, he's like, yeah, I just, I loved it when it just kept going up and up and up. I'm like, of course we all do. So he kind of inspired me for today's podcast because I want to talk to you guys about the difference between an investor, a speculator, and a gambler. And I've been all three. And there's parts of me, even now today, that are all three. 
just understanding what the difference is between the three and knowing like, where do you mostly predominantly fit in? And look, this isn't like a criticism. It's not negative. There's not right. There's not wrong. It's just, you know, if we strive to be builders of long-term sustainable wealth, we need to have a big majority of our, you know, uh, percentage of us in the investor quadrants. This is a post I recently read on a social media network. I wanted to read this to you, okay? This is a gal that uh, her main focus is on promoting stocks. So here's what she says. Don't let them fool you. Investing in the stock market is easier than you think. All you need is a brokerage account. That's the kind of account you use to buy stocks and bonds. There are four steps to invest. One, choose an online brokerage platform. Two, open a brokerage account and link your bank account. Three, move money from your bank to your brokerage account. Four, buy stocks, bonds, and funds. Step three and four, rinse and repeat. Boom, you're an investor. Okay, so that's the end of her post. I call total and complete BS. This is such bullshit. It just gets me riled up because it's so, ah, so bad. I don't even know what else to say. I'm going to tell you what I think. In this scenario that she just described, you are not a fucking investor. You're a speculator. Okay. Now that isn't any, by, by any means, is that not negative? It's just, it's not accurate to say you're an investor. Okay. So let me explain the difference between an investor, a speculator, and a gambler. I think you guys have a pretty good idea what a gambler is, but we'll kind of really dive in. So an investor gets in on the early stages. Typically, they're the first to own the asset. And they put the time, the thought, and the energy into understanding what they're buying and that they're getting in at a price below market value. An investor almost always holds for the long term. And get this, if the price should drop below what the market value is, they don't sell. They don't panic sell. They typically actually will buy more because they understand that the price is just a short-term indication of market volatility and doesn't necessarily represent what the actual value of the asset is. Now, speculators, they come in later and they only buy what's when something's typically moving up. They have no idea what they're buying. They haven't done any homework and are simply betting that someone will pay them more than what they bought it for down the road. Then the primary difference between speculators and gamblers is that speculators do actually play in the financial markets. Like they bought financial assets before. They typically do only play if there is a positive expected outcome. Now, in other words, what's a positive expected outcome? That just simply means that there is a greater chance that what they're buying is going to go up than it is going to go down. However, speculators are simply buying something primarily based on price movement. And speculators oftentimes can be very short-term in nature. So if an uh, asset drops in price, not understanding what they own, uh, not always, but oftentimes they're going to panic sell. So we saw this big time in the crypto markets. There was a post, a tweet, or whatever it was by Elon Musk, and he set off a massive speculatory panic sell. Everybody who 
had just bought in because it was going up. They didn't understand crypto. They didn't understand the game they were playing. They didn't understand what the underlying value or usage was when the price started dropping, dropping, dropping. Oh my God, the sky is falling. I got to sell. I got to sell. So the investors that did understand, they started buying more as the price dropped. That was me. Okay. I had, there were some several coins that when the price, you know, started tanking, I was in there scooping them up at, you know, lower prices and getting a better value for my money. Gamblers, they'll show up typically late in the cycle and they buy extremely risky assets that over the course of a multi-year period have almost no chance of increase in, in price. So they have what's a, called a negative expected outcome. Now that's the difference between speculators and gamblers, primarily the difference. The only way to win in gambling is if you win early, aka get lucky, and then stop. Now, how often do gamblers actually stop once they won? I mean, come on, that doesn't happen. This is why gamblers typically, at some point, they always go bust. If you want to see a movie about a complete and total degenerate gambler, I can't say how much, I don't know if I really liked it. It's called Uncut Gems. It was on Netflix. It was starring Adam Sandler. And uh, so he's this guy, he's this, he has you know a jewelry store and he got got this gem and I don't want to ruin the plot or, you know, ruin the whole movie for you if you haven't seen it. I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know if you really should see it. You might not be that happy that you saw it. So he's just, he just one move after another. You think he'd like learn his lesson and just settle in and just do business, right? He's got to put a bigger and bigger wager on. And uh, you, you'll see as the movie unwinds how that story does not ever go the way it's, you really, uh, the gambler hopes it's going to go. They rarely, if ever, you know, have played in financial markets. So this was very the, much the case when during the COVID lockdowns, there's a lot of the people that came in and started up buying stocks and buying crypto. You know, they were the ones driving up the prices in AMC, in GameStop that caused that huge run up in those stock prices. They're buying Dogecoin left and right. They got their stimulus checks in and they're like, man, I want to go play. I want to go, I want to go gamble with it. I'm going to go buy some stocks. I'm going to go buy some, some crypto, right? There's very little underlying value that is actually supporting these deals. These are based on hype, on memes. And in five years, you know, honestly, if we were to really ask the question, what will they be worth? It's going to be very hard pressed for anybody to legitimately convince me that they're going to be that much above zero. Like I said, I've been all three of these. I've been an investor. I've been a speculator and I've been a gambler. So let me give you some examples of when I've been an investor and, and when I've not. When I buy houses for below market, I fix them up and then I rent them out to a tenant, and then I hold them long-term with bank finance money, I'm an investor. So about five years ago, I listened to a podcast by a financial guru. He uh, had a great podcast, really short and concise. I think his podcast, every one of them was like seven minutes tops. It was pretty cool. He was selling uh, properties as part of his platform. I think that's one of the ways that he generated income from doing his platform, his podcast. I ended up buying a property from him out in Arizona. I bought it for 60,000 and I put 20,000 in to fix it up. So it wasn't in that great a shape. So I'm all in for 80,000. So I went to my local bank 
And I said, hey, I want to refinance or I want to get all my cash back out as I possibly can. What they do then is they go in and they say, okay, we got to determine what is the fair market value of this property with an appraisal. So they went in and they appraised it for 90,000. I was in it for 80,000 in cash and it was worth 90. So I had 10,000 in equity. They gave me a loan for 75% of the value of the appraised value. So I got about $68,000 cash back out, but I had that then as a note. That's a, it was a mortgage payment that I had to, to make, right? So now I'm only in it for 12,000 of my own cash. So then, I uh, just collect rents for five years, 900 a month. It started off at like maybe, I think it rented out at 800, 850. So I was a little disappointed. The rent wasn't as, as strong as what I was hoping it would be when I bought it. But the property manager said, just hold it, hold it. This area is going to go up. We're buying, we're buying here. Don't sell it. So I held it. Sure enough, five years later, I checked the value. I know the market's pretty hot and the comps are showing anywhere from 150,000 to 220,000. So we're going to put it on the market in a couple of weeks for 210,000 guys. I'm in it for 80,000 total and only 12,000 of that is my cash that's sitting in there, right? So that's being an investor. I bought something. I was first in it, you know, essentially I fixed it up and I held it long-term and I utilized bank debt. I collected the rents the whole time. So it was positive cash flowing. And then the property not only provides the monthly cash flow from the rents, it's also amortizing the loan, which meaning it's paying down the loan every month through the rents that are coming in. So that's further increase in my net worth. And then it appreciates and goes like crazy. Now, not all my properties have gone up that much in the last five years. So you know, obviously this is a great example. That was an investor move, what I just did. I wasn't buying that with any sort of speculation, hoping that the price of the asset would go up. In fact, the last five years, I've had it in my net worth statement is 90,000. I didn't even check it. I wasn't even looking at it. All I was looking for was the cash flow that was coming in every month. Now I'm going to sell it because the price of the asset is at a point where I feel that it's time to cash it out and the rents haven't caught up yet with the increase in the price. So I need to sell that, liquidate the equity out of that and move that to something else, which I'm not for sure what it's going to get moved to, but it's going to something else. When I buy into a fund, which is called syndication, that fixes up abandoned Kmarts, converts them to self-storage projects, and then eventually sells out to a large fund. And usually it's a three to five year hold time. I'm an investor, okay? You guys starting to see the difference? Now, when I bought tech stocks, high growth companies, and cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the altcoins with that, that actually have underlying usage value, I was a speculator. I am a speculator on those. I'm buying those in the hopes that the price will go up and somebody will pay more some point in the future when I decide to sell. Now, here's the difference. When I buy well-researched pre-IPOs, pre-IPO means initial public offering. So I'm getting in the very early stage of the company. I'm one of the first to own the company and own that asset. Guess what I am? I'm not a speculator, not a gambler, because I'm first in. 
I'm buying something that has well below the market price. The value is much higher than the market price, right? I'm an investor in that situation. So when I go to the casino, I play blackjack, you know, and I enjoy doing on occasion with friends. I'm a gambler. When I play Pot Limit Omaha poker, it's a very volatile game um, that I play with friends on, you know, Friday nights, frenemies, I should say. I'm a gambler. When I place a sports wager, which I do not do that often, very rarely, in fact, occasionally I'll put bets on the, the Browns or the Buckeyes and occasionally I win, occasionally I lose, probably with the, the juice, right? The 10% you have to pay when you lose. I probably lost in that game, right? Over over the course of time. I've won some, I've lost some, but I would say I'm probably down overall. If I were to buy AMC or GameStop or Dogecoin, because other people bought it, you know, and, and they're buying it and the price looks like it's just going up and I have fear of missing out the FOMO, which I have not bought any of those three, right? Then I would also be a gambler in that situation because over the long haul, I don't have any chance of winning. When you go to the casino, you know that you do not have any chance of winning over the course of time if you were to stay. Now, I can go in for an hour, two hours, three hours, and I can put some big bets down and I can win and I can get lucky. And that certainly happens for a lot of people. But if they keep playing because the odds are negative in their favor, even a negative 2% rate of uh, win rate. Casino always has the odds. Over the course of time, if you continue playing, you're going to lose. It's an inevitability, okay? So that's what I want you guys to consider as far as what are you? That's what this platform is about, is helping you to develop yourself into an investor and doing some speculation. And I'm not totally against speculation. I think there's parts of your assets that and your portfolio that need to be allocated towards speculative bets. But to put all of your, what Wall Street says to do, just put all your money into stocks and bonds and hope for them to go up. Guys, that's not a way to create indestructible wealth. That is not a way to build a long-term sustainable strategic plan. That can be part of your plan, but it never should be all of it. So you want to have a good percentage mix of the investor side of you, mix in the speculative nature, that side of you, put that in there as well into your plan in the right stage, you know, through my seven step strategic process, I tell you when you want to speculate, right? And then the gambler can be like the very small percentage, you know, that's for fun, that's you know, for entertainment, okay, I'm not against that. A few percent of your portfolio and the gambling, okay, I'm not going to judge you if you're doing it responsibly. A lot of people can't do it responsibly and they don't know when to stop. But if you can and you know yourself and you know your nature and you know that you can discipline yourself to do it right, then go for it. Have some fun. Do some gambling. Remember, no one is right and no one is wrong here. But which do you desire to be? Do you want to be the investor, the speculator, or the gambler? That's a wrap for this episode on the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. If you'd like to dive deeper into your own wealth building strategy, check us out at myindestructiblewealth.com and follow along on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and yes, even TikTok. Send me your questions and your financial challenges and I promise I'll respond. Also, I'll think you're really awesome if you'll share and leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. 
Until next time, remember our mission here is to help you make, keep, and grow wealth you can enjoy now and for years to come. Oh, 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 oh,